Together we can love our bodies again Here on the Grayscale I'm Chrissy And I'm Sierra And this is the Grayscale Podcast Welcome back We quickly wanted to remind you all that Please uh, reach out if you'd like to come on the show or if you have any topics that you'd like us to address. Yes, and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, follow, and share us with all of your friends or your enemies. Just share us. Yeah, honest, we'll take anything. We will. (laughs) (laughs) And now we'd like to introduce you all to our guest this week, uh, Kylie Hoy. Hi Hi there. Hello. Glad to be here. Tell us about yourself. Oh, why don't I? <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, there's there's so much to tell. I have a very interesting uh, CV, as it were, but uh, I guess if we're to like broad strokes of it, I'm an actor, I'm a playwright, and I've written a few songs here and there. A few. One or two. Um, and I just moved to New York, and I'm just starting out, so yeah. I'm really glad to be on the show. Yay. Yay. So glad to have you yeah. here. And for training transparency's sake. Um, Kylie and I have known each other since our high school days, so we have some shared trauma. (laughs) Oh yeah, trauma bonds. That's how you make the best friendships. That's true. All right, so let's just jump right in. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Okay, so have, oh, I just love that we're starting with this question. Um, Have you ever heard of intuitive eating? Yes. And how would you describe it? (laughs) I, guys, here, listen. <laughs> I'm a big fan of this podcast. I know the buzzwords. I know the key topics. I'm a fan. Uh, so yes, I have heard of intuitive eating. Um, it is a very foreign concept to me because it involves trusting your body a lot, which yeah, I was not raised to just like, like obviously in terms of fight or flight, in terms of your intuition of if you're in danger, trust it, but not in terms of like food. Like I was not told like, hey, what your body wants, that's probably what your body wants. It was mm. like, yeah, your body wants a lot of things, but you know, just ignore it and blah, blah, blah. So I've kind of been thinking about that and I'm like, you know what? I think I should have been told to trust my body more, especially when it came to food, mm-hmm. you know? Cause it's kind of like you said, you think if you actually trust your body, you're just gonna eat pizza and beer until you die. And you're yeah. like, no, actually no. The body will eventually be like, oh, pizza and beer is great. So for Tuesday, let's um, <laughs> let's switch it up a bit, right? right. Um, so anywho, that's how I describe intuitive eating, and I'm trying to practice it. Um, I I love gummy worms today, and I thought that wasn't very intuitive, but that's also what my body wanted. So I went, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I needed them. Yeah. That's kind of. I mean, that's the point. Is like. You probably won't eat gummy worms tomorrow because you have them today. That's so funny. That's exactly what she said. That is exactly what she said. Yeah. I mean, I also think, too, I was just sort of thinking of this as you were talking, but I feel like as women especially, we're kind of told um, not only to not trust our body, like to, to not listen to our bodies, but we're told to like not trust our bodies. Mm. as women yeah. like and and a lot of things like we're just not really taught about women's bodies in a very like comprehensive way yeah. like I feel like I didn't know 
very much about my menstrual cycle, like the ins and outs of it until mm. I was like maybe like last year, <laughs> like yeah. last year years old, however old that was. I can't yeah. remember. But like, you know, it's, it's been, I, I just feel like there's so many things about your body as a woman that you're told to be mistrusting of. Yes. You know, like don't listen to your cravings like exercise until you kill yourself oh like, god i did that so long i yeah. mean why what? i was at, i was running on cross country in high school and they always told me like you have to run through the pain that's how you're you know you're building muscle oh yeah that's like when you really want to stop that's exactly when you actually start doing yeah. something good and then i ended up with a full leg tendonitis and had to relearn how to walk because yeah. i was walking for with a limp for two months right mm. So it just, I, I think that like, as women especially, we almost have to like teach ourselves how to actually listen to our bodies. And it takes a really long time to unlearn that because it's so ingrained. And then of course, like, you know, we talk about this all the time, but it's so ingrained in our society too. Mm-hmm. Um, that, but, but it's also like, I think that I've kind of come to realize more recently that so many people like are just especially women you're just like expected to talk about your weight yeah it's like a it's like a, it's like small talk yeah which i just think is so bizarre you imagine a bunch of guys being like oh like they'll talk about what they bench but not like what the scale says unless they're doing a weight thing for wrestling but like i yeah, feel like, like job description you know? i feel like it's like <laughs> talking about a very personal like experience you had at a doctor's office as small talk like i yeah. feel like that's the the correlation it's like you'll just, thing to discuss or yeah. you'll just like hear people casually be like well i have to lose weight or like i have to do this and it's just like well like why why is this always like a constant it's like the default thing to say yeah yeah um i was just thinking about it like because when i learned about intuitive eating from you sierra and i don't remember when it was exactly i don't know if it was it was must have been in 2020 late 2020 and um, at the, I remember mid September to mid October, I was doing a four week like cleanse mm-hmm. because like after coming back to work after quarantine, I was like feeling all these things, and so I went and did this like cleanse that was b- definitely like really based in like whole thirty esque practices. Yeah. Um, and I just remember um like craving food this whole time because I was depriving myself of so much. Mm-hmm. And then it ended and they asked me if I wanted to like go to the next stage. And I was like, you know what, I, I'm good. I don't want to do it. And then from that point onward, whether you, I don't know if I, maybe I started doing it and then you gave me a name for it or whatever, but I haven't dieted since then. Yeah. Because I just was like, I was so, first of all, I was hungry. Yeah. And I was bored and I just like, was like, why am I spending money and eating all this food that I am not truly enjoying? And I'm craving these other things and I have been just eating foods that I've wanted or that I like been excited to eat mm-hmm. ever since. And I feel like my relationship with food has been so improved since I did that because I no longer feel like I have to adhere to a certain level of what is considered like diet culture yeah yeah well I think a big thing too like and I think that people don't really realize this if you are constantly thinking about food 
you don't have a good relationship with food. So true. You know what I mean? Like if you're constantly thinking about what your next meal is going to be like, it means you're either not eating enough or you are like, you're obsessing over what you can and can't eat, Mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote, can and can't eat. And so it it becomes an obsession and that's what eating disorder is. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people either, you know, don't have that information at their disposal and so they don't know that or they're just so used to feeling that way and Mm. thinking about food in that way that they don't realize that it's abnormal Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, not healthy. And I certainly thought that way my entire life and then finally started eating more intuitively and and really just like stopped monitoring what I ate. Yeah. And I just love food so much and I love so many different kinds of food so much mm. that like eating intuitively really actually entails me eating, you know, quote unquote healthy mm-hmm. like at least 80% of the time. Yeah. I, that's just how my body wants to eat. And I think that most people's bodies want to eat that way, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's it's just about destigmatizing. And I think a lot of these, I, I won't say every app, but I was thinking back to me 16, going, guys, I'm not obsessed with food, like logs, calories for a stick of gum, yeah. food. And yeah. I was like, okay, okay, my fitness pal. <laughs> why is there a mechanism? Why did you code this to allow me to code a stick of gum? Um, and perhaps either you could have not had gum in your inventory or perhaps have a message coming up saying, hey, I think you're acting like a psycho. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think you're, you're allowed to have a stick of gum. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know this. This isn't food. You know, but like it was like, oh, if you want to do this, that's fine. But I'm like, this is enabling a lot of compulsive behavior. Well, okay. And I'm going to say something and people might be mad at me about this and I don't really care. I think (laughs) that those apps are, they are designed to fuck with your head. And Mm. I I think that like, honestly, you got to be in a really fucking healthy mental space to be able to be on those apps in a healthy way. Yep. So this cleanse that I was on, it was through this program that a friend uh, recommended to me. And I was working directly with a nutritionist and she would, I had to download MyFitnessPal and log everything I ate and she would monitor it and she would like comment on the meals that I was making. And part of the thing was like if I didn't log a meal or if I logged a meal and it was not in my program I like owed money oh my god what it was very like demanding well it really kept me to it I mean you could also just not log something and eat it like they wouldn't know as long as it's within your three meals but um (laughs) it was like so specific and they were like don't pay attention to calories don't pay attention to any of those things but like that's the app's design is you put something in at the end of the day it says like you have this many calories left or you've used this much calories and when you grow up living in a world that tells you I mean we grew up with calorie counting and then it went into all this other shit as we've gotten older yeah um like I remember being in high school and like eating those 100 calorie bars and being like okay if I have this and then I can eat 
this many of this thing, this other this thing, and I know that if I eat celery, it's negative calories. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I got super into grapefruit all of a sudden. And <laughs> yeah. my mom's like, really? You're into citrus? I was like, oh yeah, you know me in citrus. It's because I read somewhere that it burns more than it is. Yeah. I had a bikini Bible, quote unquote. I don't know if you ever heard of this. In is that fucking... after Leviticus? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Got it. I Third Testament. Yes. <laughs> Literally. But I, I, well, I treated it like that, but I had it. In, I think I was in middle school when I did this, oh, but I made it. It was like a like a um, like a scrapbook. Yeah, it, well, it was like a, a notebook, but I I um, I cut out all these pictures of like skinny ass women in bikinis and like or all these or all these bikinis that I like wanted to buy, and I cut them all out and I like pasted them in there and I I it was like a food journal essentially, and it was like so detrimental and I remember thinking as I was doing it which was like fucked but I was I was thinking as I was doing it I'm like oh this is so great because I'm eating less oh baba. when I write down everything that I eat I eat less I hear that all the time and it's like yeah of course you eat less because you're afraid of like shaming yourself like of course and then you're not eating enough yeah. And I don't care what anybody says. Like, that's fucked up. No. It's like the mentality of, like, writing your sins on the chalkboard. And be like, oh, well, you know, it's yeah, like... absolutely. It's, it's shame training. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's no good when your body's just like, I, I just wanted energy, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're like, no, no, no. You don't know what you want, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> we're oh, gaslighting is... our own bodies. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Seriously. <laughs> well, this is a really good spot for the next question. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Is there an opinion you had as a child or a teen about your weight or health or nutrition that was changed or has changed as you've gotten older? Yes. I. It was like foreign to me eating healthy because it's better for my brain. Like, I was like, well, if I don't, if it's hard for me to, like, gain weight, why would I try eating healthy? Like, it just, I only yeah. saw food in terms of how it makes you look and not how it makes you feel at all. Right? That's actually a really good point because... Yeah, well, that's how we're, like, we're trained about food is, like, the direct line is aesthetics, right? Yeah. It's kind of like how we're taught about exercise. The direct line is how how it's going to make you look, and this is how we'll get you to exercise. It's like, I feel like if you presented it to us in a different way, we'd see it in a healthier way, right? And um, I started realizing that I would start having really strong reactions to certain foods, like... Some even like like MSG would sometimes give me like a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. and I was like, I didn't know that I did. Oh, definitely. Yeah, or like sometimes sugar rushes can mimic anxiety attacks for yeah. me. Like sugar rush, I'm not eight, but I yeah. didn't think that would still apply as an adult. It just looks different. We internalize yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. then it, and then it's important to like once again like every your relationship to food doesn't have to be the same as with other people, and like maybe you don't want to eat these foods. Exactly, because it, make, it doesn't make you feel good, but has nothing to do with your relationship to your appearance. Yeah, exactly. And, and that is, I think, an easier concept to adhere to than, like, or a healthier concept because, yeah, I don't eat certain foods. Like, I don't eat meat most of the time because I have a hard time digesting it, so it hurts yeah. me to eat. Yeah. Versus, like, oh, well, I'm not going to eat um, – you know, red meat because it's bad. Like, it'll make me gain weight or whatever. But, or, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. Um, it's irrelevant. It just, yeah. it, it hurts me or it, it makes me, like, not be able to focus. Those are things that I think are easier for you to 
justify in your own healthy like diet, I guess. Well, yeah. I totally agree with that. And I love that you brought this up because I think I had a similar thing too with being allergic to gluten. Even though I don't have celiac, like I have a reaction to it, but it's not like a life or death reaction or yeah. like a, I get super ill or anything. But um, I think I had to like completely heal my relationship with food and like the way that I chose to put food into my body before I could like see that mm-hmm. in a way that wasn't detrimental because yeah. so much of the time I correlated like I would basically I was essentially like eating gluten and not eating gluten on and off as like a fab diet hmm. which is which is crazy because I'm also allergic to it so it was like super weird but the way I was treating almost it like a sense of like yeah completely because I was treating it as this like well when I don't eat gluten for a a bunch of time I lose weight Mm -hmm. and so it it was very much conflated in my mind so then when I did eat it I would shame myself and I would beat up on myself for having had it and then on top of that my mom would you know jump down my throat about it too and you know we had to have some conversations about that Mm -hmm. but I I had to like I had to let myself eat gluten when I wanted to for as long as I wanted to in a healthier mindset. And now I've realized like actually the best way for me to do it, because I I mean, I love bread. Who doesn't love bread? Yeah. To quote Oprah, Mm. I love bread. But like, (laughs) I think that, you know, I can eat it essentially like on and off a little bit here and there, especially when I'm like on the first two weeks of my cycle versus like closer to my period because that's when my body gets more inflamed. And so Mm. that's when I have a more intense reaction to it, which is like so nuanced, right? And it's like totally gonna be different for every individual, but it was a really cool thing for me to learn recently. And I don't think I could have gotten to that realization if I hadn't healed my ideas around what, what putting that food in my body meant to me. Yeah. You know? That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for tangenting. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you Should we do the next one? Yes. Okay. Um, did you have rules that your parents enforced about food or eating as a kid? So I didn't think there were a lot, and I saw, I saw it in fact. I also <laughs> sat and thought about the questions. <laughs> Completely sober, I swear. This is just my fun little brain. Um, so... It was like this joke one time. So my my brand my Brandon, Lord, my brother Brandon <laughs> was going to get a beverage uh, with dinner. He's like, I'm gonna grab some OJ, and then my mom just mentions like, no juice with dinner, and all of us like, we're like, when was that ever a rule? She's like, that's always been the rule. I'm like, never. You've never mentioned no juice with dinner, which makes no sense if you think about it, because we'll have dessert after dinner, like all of the freaking time. But I'm like, this sugary liquid form next to dinner, oh. Like, yeah, it made yeah, no sense. Or, like, sometimes, let's say, I would eat lunch at, like, noon, come home for a snack, and then we'd eat dinner around 8. But, like, if I tried to get a snack, so I started getting hungry, which would make me anxious around, like, 6 or 7, if my mom saw me eating, like, don't eat, because then you'll be hungry for dinner. Mm, but then that's I'm, like... a big one. But I'm, like... But then... what? If, okay, here's a thought. What if I'm not as hungry for dinner and I save that part of my dinner for later. Like I don't know why it was well we have a very like great depression era view of food on a plate. Like yes, if it's not all eaten yes. Thank you for oh my god that. Yeah. it's gonna disappear. It the rats will come. I'm like we 
do, my parents are, are, I love them. They're not, they're not in an economic place where they have to worry about the last crumb. Yeah. But they sometimes treat food like that. And it's hilarious, but it's also like, guys, guys, we, that we was, have Tupperware. Yeah. <laughs> that was my family too. It was always like, you have to finish everything on your plate. So detrimental. Ooh. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, so detrimental. Well, and it's like shocking that I developed binge eating. Like, yeah. oh, we'll eat past the point that I'm full. Right. I did too. And I was the same. Like my, my dad, I think I've talked about this before. My dad would like sit with me at the table after everybody else had left. Oh, jeez. To make sure that I ate all of the food, especially when I didn't like it. Oh, and I would sit there crying at the table being like, I don't want to eat this tuna casserole that you made that I'm supposed to like that I just don't because it's tuna casserole. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, sorry. Nope. Yeah. I, I think that we, I don't know, maybe it's just like the, the, the boomer generation, mm-hmm. like they our parents it seems like a trend all always said like you have to finish your plate and there were all these like unspoken rules like it was an unspoken rule that we had to always have milk with dinner and you to finish your glass of milk yeah and as someone who does not ingest like animal milk and hasn't for the last like seven or eight years yeah milk is fucking gross alone and i you can quote me yeah, no, I feel the same way. People, I, I, they, yeah, strong opinions either way. I'll still drink a tall glass. I'll drink a glass as tall as this ceiling of milk. I don't know <laughs> why. My sister's that way. Yes, I feel like I call it the Moulin Rouge effect. People either love or hate it. Yeah, um, there's Fair. no middle ground. Nobody's no. like I'm neutral about milk. I've never heard See, anyone say this. But this is the difference. Throw a little chocolate syrup in it, and you've got Ooh, a different story. That's an I love me some chocolate milk. Ooh. Put it in the microwave. Make it hot chocolate. I'll eat it every day for the entirety of winter. So, you yeah. know, yeah, concern. Exactly, exactly. I, I also sometimes think, too, that, like, there's just this idea all around that, like, children don't know what's good for them. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's kind of backwards. I think children are the most intuitive beings on this planet planet because they're allowed to be mm-hmm. because they don't have all this other shit that's in the way yet yeah. <laughs> and I think that like you know there's this idea that like you know you you have to encourage or force your kids around food when it's like or you just let them have what feels good and and like you know, if you have a picky kid, then you have a picky kid. Like, that's okay. They're allowed to be picky. They're allowed to not like things. They're allowed to not be hungry for this. They're allowed to not finish their dinner. They're allowed to not want to drink a glass of milk. They're allowed to want to drink a glass of milk. Like, I think yeah. that that we that we just need to listen to, to the children. <laughs> well, I also had, so I am youngest of my siblings. I'm youngest by five years. So I was always super self-conscious of the things that made me feel younger. And one of them was hating certain foods. And I was like, mm. oh, like when I'm, I'm, I want to be grown up so bad and then I'll enjoy broccoli and then I'll enjoy spinach. I didn't realize for, for my whole life, it was a texture thing. I love cold broccoli. I love cold spinach when it's cooked. It makes me want to explode. Yeah. Like it's just the way it, and I kept thinking, oh, I'll be a grown up person when I like all food people give to me. Then I'm like, oh, I'm allowed to, I'm, I'm a grown up person with grown up taste buds and it's okay that I don't like cooked spinach. Yeah. You know, like something like Absol- that. that. That also happened in my house because my sister like hated 
cold, certain like, she likes certain raw vegetables raw and some have to be cooked and that was very sensitive for her. My sister and I both are very sensitive to texture. Mm-hmm. I, turns out, I have like a, a, a um, irrational fear of like raw meat. Mm-hmm. I, or like texture within meat. Part of the reason why I don't eat it is because it hurts me. The other part of it, it just like freaks you out. Freaks me out. Yeah. I remember anytime I would eat something and like there was a piece of fat on it and you bite into that piece of fat and oh. all of a sudden it's like chewy. Oh yeah. I would start like impulsively gagging at our kitchen table and I would get scolded. They're like, that's disgusting. Finish your food. It's like, it's gross. I don't like how it makes me feel. It. In my mouth, in my belly, all of it's bad. Which is so funny because that is, like, my favorite part of me. And it's so many people's favorite. But, well, like, that's the thing is that we're different people and we're allowed to have different tastes. It's like, and maybe the the direction is instead of, like, giving me a pork chop and making me eat all of it around it and eat all of it, maybe you, like, be like, okay, so clearly Chrissy can't eat this type of meat. Maybe we should give her something that doesn't have tendons and shit in it so there's less of a chance or like i bite into like something where there's a like a like a like all of a sudden something's hard oh my god chicken nuggets and mcdonald's are ruined for me for life because i've been something hard once and i can never Mm -hmm. try it again it's just like i feel like you have to adapt as a as a family unit as a parent when you are you know train like teaching your kids like how to develop a guess a palate it's yeah. like you can't just copy and paste it because exactly if sierra and i were sisters clearly we would have a different reaction to food and we should not be forced to eat food the same way well and also yeah. god forbid like one of your children doesn't like what's for dinner just fucking give them chicken nuggets like it's <laughs> gonna be fine yeah it really will be i didn't realize you totally unlocked a memory for me and like obviously my family's not like the devil like they do amazing things but I totally, like, if I ever, like, gagged at the dinner table, it was never at a, it was involuntary. Exactly. And then they would be like, you're being so dramatic. I'm like, no, no, I, this is, I can't, but they didn't really, it was funny, they wouldn't really force me to, like, eat something. It would be more like, oh, if you want dessert, you have to eat both. Oh, Which is that fine. was also. But also, but I wanted dessert so bad, I would, like, force yeah. myself to eat something. That was also, life. I had the yeah. biggest sweet tooth growing up, and I was like, I always would want dessert, so I'd, like, force myself into it, or I would do, like, the napkin trick, where I would, mm. which was obvious, but I would, like, go and wipe my face and, like, put something in the napkin. Oh, I'd try to spread it around. But that, that also yeah. fucks up your reward systems as a child. Yeah, it's manipulative. And it, sure. it totally mm. messes up this system of, like, well, first of all, it places, like, sw- you know, sweets and things like that on a pedestal of, like, you have to suffer you have to if you're it. allowed to deserve this, yeah. which is a big thing. It's like, no, you're just allowed to have whatever makes you feel good. Yeah. Period. And if that is dessert for dinner, then, like, whatever. Because mm-hmm. when you're an adult, you're going to do that anyway. So, like, yeah, yeah true. <laughs> you go to college you know? and then you buy Ben and Jerry's every single day. You know? Yeah. And have for dinner. You will learn through that phase. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, but I think that, you know, it's like, uh, I'm rambling, but you get the point. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> no, you know, I had, in freshman year, I had to have my sad, sad semester of Diet Coke and ramen for my body to be like, hey, never do that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, maybe not for months at a time, maybe once or twice to have a little nostalgia moment. But, you know, otherwise, like, other slash, yeah, other nutrients. Yeah. Yeah. Slash any nutrients. Because there's not much in those. <laughs> But yeah, exactly. There was all of a sudden all of these like I there was these rules about how I could eat, what I could eat, um, what like the amount of it I had to eat, and I feel like that's such a common thing that, and I I do think it 
in, inherently does lead to like either an unhealthy relationship to food or how you eat food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So whether it's like your reward system, like for me, it's like I have to eat the thing I like the least on the plate first. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people who has to eat like each category. Like I don't like my food touching. Mm, yep. That's so funny. I I do, but I also like if there's like you know when sometimes there will just be like lettuce with dressing on a plate like as part of a meal. Yeah. For whatever reason, I always eat that first. And I think that that's like something too where it's just like super ingrained in me. I also like love salad and I also am just like very if the dressing is good, I'm very happy to eat lettuce with dressing on it. But, like, yeah. nice. I don't know why, but, like, I just have this, like, mentality of, like, I have to eat this first. And yeah. I have to eat all of that before I can eat anything else. Yeah, it's like, well, because I think similarly, I was like, I was like, you have to finish your broccoli. I also, I love broccoli now, but <laughs> you have to finish your broccoli. And then you can, then you can have, like, seconds of whatever else I wanted from the table. Mm-hmm. And so I would, like force myself to eat all the broccoli first so then I could have as many of the left like the seconds of the like pineapple or whatever I wanted mm. next I'm the opposite I have to eat the fun thing first or else I'll be thinking about the fun thing the whole meal. <laughs> so That's I'm honestly probably sensible so I'm like yeah. salad salad I'm like but the bread with the butter's right there so I'm like okay let's just get this over with so I can focus on something <laughs> yeah yeah it's weird okay well that is a Good segue, actually, to our next question. Yeah. Um, I don't want, I don't know why I want to animate a guy on a yeah. segue. Every time you guys say that's a good segue, <laughs> I just want to see him going back like, thanks. Honestly, we, we should also have merch that it says, well, that's a good that's segue. A good segue. <laughs> um, yes. So have you ever tried a fad diet, and how did it make you feel, and what made you decide to try it? Yes, and made me feel like the shit. <laughs> um, what made you decide to try it? Because I hung out with CrossFit people. And you know what? I will not say anything bad about CrossFit as a whole. I will say individuals sometimes get super into it. And they want you to be part of it. And it wasn't their fault at all. They didn't, even know, I, they didn't even know I tried this diet. They were just talking about it, and I was also 16. And I'm like, maybe this will have me have some control over my life, you know, mm. as teenage girls do. Like, this will fix everything. I'll eat cold cuts. Um, <laughs> so little old me, for like a month and a half, it's like, I'll do paleo. This is the way. And oh my gosh, it paleo or fad diets and any compulsive behavior mm. are match made in hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they feed each other like a self completing machine yeah i became this master manipulator of oh mom i really like that chicken we had last night like who where did you get it what's the brand so i could put the correct brand of chicken into my fitness pal so i could weigh the chicken so i could do the math equations for how much calories a serving size was like just mad scientist shit yeah not so um and i remember i wasn't doing it right either because some people do paleo right but i was um i was like oh Let's, you know, just eat edamame and make it work. And I remember just doing, like, errands with my mother, and it was, like, anvils, cartoon anvils were strapped to each of my foot. And, yeah. you know, hindsight's twenty twenty because, of course, me now would look at this sluggish worm of a teenager and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, this yeah. isn't working for you. You're unhappy. Mm-hmm. But it gives you control, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this is something I can measure. It is something I can calculate. It's something I can do because I'm a child with no rights. 
So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it was a short phase because eventually my mom's like, you're sort of leaning. It's like, oh, fine. But <laughs> it did kind of have some, like, some, I don't know, weird mind connections in my head as to, like, why eating less is better or why sitting in French class, like, romanticizing a saltine yeah. was a normal thing to do. Because that's what my body's literally the yeah. simplest, emptiest carb. I was literally salivating over saltines. Paleo is the one where you eat a lot of protein, a lot of fat, right? Yes. Yeah. And no carbs. And so I didn't. I just didn't do the fat part either. So it was mm. just protein. Just the meat. I don't know if you've ever heard about the human body kids. Um, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember. I remember that phase of your life, and you like couldn't focus like more than usual oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't excel at it before but you well know. but it was like even more so like you just weren't there no you know and I think that that's what well that's what happens when you starve your body yeah. it, if it's, I mean because like carbohydrates are your energy source so mm-hmm. if you're not yeah. eating that and you're also not eating you're only eating protein it's like your body has enough it's building muscle but it has nothing to charge that right so yeah well and I didn't think it was because I didn't realize um over exercising or over dieting was an eating disorder I just mm. thought it was because in terms of weight my lunch bag was like 10 pounds those days because yeah. uh, you know that's how much protein you need to eat to even suggest energy if you're not having fats or carbs right and so i was like well i can't have an eating disorder because my lunchbox is like eating you know, all food yeah it's like the same way as my backpack it's like yeah. no it's not all about the weight of the food it's about the actual composition of the food and then i would be like all right almonds and then i would see like 12 grams per <laughs> serving and I'd be like, oh no i wouldn't <laughs> eat almonds like yeah. just the amount of nutrition teaching I didn't have and it's not like anybody dropped the ball like my mom saw me doing this and was like what the hell are you doing and I was like I'm, I'm a woman I know what I'm doing with my body and she's <laughs> like okay like well and it's, it's not just that but it's like it's the fact you you did have a teaching it just wasn't the right one mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like yeah. I, I think that we are taught that that is a better way to eat and that that is like the way to eat if you want to lose weight or that's the way to eat if you want to be quote-unquote healthy Mm -hmm. um and clearly it's not and we've talked about it so many so many so many times and we will continue to talk about it so many times but it's like it's not sustainable Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what the books tell you it's not sustainable i also i also think it's crazy and, and i'm sure there's extremes of it that I've been exposed to but paleo was never a diet that I had tried but I remember seeing a lot on my like social media because like I think like my freshman year's roommate's boyfriend was paleo for like a semester in college and I remember learning about it so I was like looking it up and I was seeing videos of people making like their paleo friendly breakfast and it was like two pounds of bacon and butter (laughs) and i was like and this is supposed to be healthy like if if we're going to have if we're going to label foods as healthy and unhealthy and good and bad that can't be healthy and good yeah because that is like i don't like to me it was like okay that i feel like that's if 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 a fat person ate that would we be talking about, oh, they're on a paleo diet? Probably not. Perhaps no. no. We, no. No. Yeah. And the whole thing, like, <laughs> oh, it's the way the caveman. I'm like, did the caveman do that? Is that what he did? Well, we don't have cavemen anymore. We've evolved. Ooh. I think. 
And some of their so reasons funny. for, like, their, like, their reasons for having things not be paleo make no sense. They're like, okay, why not peanuts? They're like, well, a lot of people are allergic to peanuts, so there must be something bad about them. I'm like, but, what? <laughs> like, yeah. people are allergic to penicillin, but sometimes <laughs> it works out for others. Like, yeah. It doesn't mean it's like, that oh, is right. true. Blankets, it's all bad. And yeah. Like, also, you know, some people are allergic to the sun. Uh-huh. Mm. You know, I feel like that's not quite the way to... To like judge that. if something right. should be part of mm-hmm. your life. Oh, you're right. Live in space. No, no, no. <laughs> Gotta live underground. You know? Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, oh, I mean, yes. yeah, I, I mean, that's crazy. But, like, yeah, you were 16. And then you're being told, like, that's what to do. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but, like, well, and I'm so glad that actually your mom was, like, hey, maybe no. Yeah, because not. <laughs> I think a lot of people's parents wouldn't necessarily have done that. Mm-hmm. Or, like, would have encouraged it because it's like, oh yeah, that's that diet that I've heard of. And so, yeah, like I'll do it with you, you know, like things like that, which is not, that's detrimental too. So I think it's really great that at least, you know, it it could have lasted a lot longer and turned into even more, Mm -hmm. because obviously, you know, it had a lasting effect because they always do, but at least it didn't, at least it didn't take up more of your life. Yeah, exactly. And like to that degree anyway. No. And I think during that time too, I was like definitely craving some like closeness, like some like intimacy, but like I didn't have the I was also raised with like girls don't make first moves, girls don't shape. And so for me, like my mom would be like, You're beautiful, you're this, you're that. I didn't feel that way because I wasn't getting male attention. Of course, male attention equals beauty, right? That's mm. the Yeah, that was, oh, yeah. You know, of course. Please. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll control the only thing I can to make this happen more instead of, I don't know, walking up to a guy, perhaps, God forbid. Yeah. How dare you? Um, but yeah, like people- Yeah, right? (laughs) Stupid Saturn. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's funny because I didn't, I never want to say that's the actual reason for doing it as a teenager because then, then it sounds so pathetic to say it out loud at that time, even though it's like- yeah, everybody longs for intimacy and closeness, but like, I don't know, saying it aloud in your teen years sounds so weird. Well, you want to be cool and you just want it to happen to you. You don't mm-hmm. want to admit to it. You Seen just... as the girl, you want to be like, I want it to be the um, not like other girls girl. So yeah. bad. Like, I don't care about that. I eat pizza and do video games. Like, I did, I, I wanted yeah. to maintain that reputation so hard yeah. that I was like, ah, oh, yes, I'll break myself instead, you know? Mm, yeah. It's gonna, and then you just solve problems that way. But it's no. But I, sixteen-year-old Kylie, love you. Just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> um, have you ever had an authority figure make a comment about your body? Hmm. Yes. Why did I pick this? I had no. I did have a reason. Um. Yeah. Like. They'd say things like, um, you know, like getting a little pudgy or something, um, or there has to be a specific reason why I chose this. Have you ever heard an authority make a comment about your body? Teacher, parent. I think it was less about, I don't want to say the person in particular. I think it was less about somebody making a comment about mine, but making a comment about what theirs looked like at Mm, a certain point. Yeah. And, like, I don't know why this person in my life would, like, reiterate what their height and weight was at my age, right? And I'm just like, why? Because, you know, I was always a little bit heavier than that. And I was like, oh, I must be wrong without realizing, like, oh, I actually have a lot of muscle, right? Mm-hmm. But it was like, it was just kind of 
weird having those numbers swirling around. Like, why do I know my sister's measurements? Why why are we all about these numbers, you know? And it's uh, it's so it's, detrimental when people who are older than us mm-hmm. make comparisons yes. between them and you. Especially when you are a minor. A minor. Yeah. And I I have like recently kind of discovered how many situations I've had with so many of the different adults in my life in all different capacities that were really inappropriate and really abusive Mm. in a way that I did not realize until again like this year like very recent it like the last couple months even Wow. And I think that that's one of them where it's like when somebody who's older than you, and even if it's a couple years older than you too, it's like when they compare their body to your body, well, really when anybody compares their body to your body, it's detrimental, of course. Yeah. But like, I think that there's especially something about like setting that example as a person who's, who, you know, you, you have influence over that younger person regardless of whether you want it or asked for it, yeah. be, by being older, you have that influence, you know? It's very true. Um, I remember my biggest one. It didn't have to do with about my body at all. My the whole thing's my skin. That's oh, what I'm oh. super weirded out about. So, hi guys, learning moment. There is this beautiful, not so beautiful, uh, skin picking disorder called dermatillomania. It's a mouthful. Spell check doesn't, I think it's real. Yes, <laughs> we are getting there. Um, but essentially it's an anxiety disorder, it can be very dissociative, and it can basically make your brain kind of go on autopilot for a while and kind of make you phase out and then you can kind of get back to life. Um, but I had certain authority figures in my life who would see me doing this and didn't know how to get me to stop so they would kind of appeal to my ego and be like, oh that doesn't look attractive, that looks ugly, people are noticing, people are talking to me asking about you. Like I've had friends who say co-workers try to ask through them what's going on with my skin. Mm. And I know what they're trying to do is make me stop because they don't like seeing myself hurt myself. Yeah. But of course that, I mean, you've, the whole mindset of it is crazy, but like it doesn't help because obviously the people that pick their skin know it doesn't look good. We actually usually think it looks worse than other people are seeing it as. Like there's times I've been like, I can't go out today. Look at me. And they're like, look at what like what are you talking about yeah um and uh there's been times where i'm like oh that's right i should stop because of how it looks not oh i should stop because me i shouldn't be hurting me yeah. it would always be from these aesthetic like shallow intentions rather than like oh if, if i actually need to stop because i don't need to be the the person to to take out out my stuff on i guess mm. um but it's, it's hard because, like, if you pick at something and you want to go on a date, you don't want to have a Band-Aid on the date. So you're just like, sorry, stick some foundation in the wound and go, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Because it's so much more, like, it's a very symbolic of you don't really want to involve other people in that part of your life because it can be very shameful. Yeah. So you're just, you know. But, yeah, that's kind of why I chose the question is because a lot of times when people see you struggling – with something they want to say things that end up being hurtful but just because they want they want things to change and they don't know how to speak to you in an educated way yeah about it well i i love that you're talking about this okay um because i recently learned about yeah, well, Miranda Sings girl has 
we got our first celeb rep. It was very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Not Colleen Ballinger. Yes. I was like, girl. Yes. Yeah. But I think a lot of people struggle with this. And I, so I have the hair pulling version of this, which is trichotillomania. Um, and I, in like when I was in middle school, it was so bad that I had like bald patches. Mm. And I had the same thing where people, you know, it was mostly my mom would be like, you know, like, like that same thing of like, people are asking me why you always wear your hair up and like things like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, you're adding to the shame that I already feel about this. Yes. And then I think what happens is that you have these people in your life that really care about you most often like a parent figure yeah. who's like, you know, they'll constantly comment on it because they want you to stop because they love you and they want you to be happy and not anxious. And yeah. Just, destroying your body but like but it also it's like every time they comment on it it makes you more anxious and then it, it's harder to stop because it's a compulsion and it's that's a mania. Think, yeah that's I think what what people have a really hard time understanding is it's like no 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 it's not that I want to be doing this yes. I would actually much prefer to not be doing this but yes. I can't I can't stop and the more you comment on it the harder it is because or the more I think about or beat up on myself over doing this, the worse the anxiety gets and then the more I do it. Yeah, it's it's a lovely carousel of death. Exactly. Right. Well, the way I kind of think about it, and anybody who's ever tried to help me, I appreciate them so much. It's, I, I can imagine, let's say you get out of bed and every time you get out of bed, you fall into a tiger pit. It's essentially somebody sending you down a book and being like, this is a book about why tigers might be dangerous. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. Well, they are, you know. <laughs> it's like, you're like, oh, how did I even get here? Just <laughs> silly me. I, I tripped. I, I, it, it goes along with, with what people say all the time is like this unsolicited health advice. It's like, well, I'm just concerned about your health. Mm-hmm. For both, like for all of these things. And it's like, I know it's probably not healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever context it's in. But I... It, I don't need outsiders to insert themselves where I did not ask. Yeah. Because I'm not, ju- it's just bringing attention to the fact that other people notice and it manifests in anxiety. Yeah. Yes. And that goes for parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, it's kind of shitty of me. It's shitty of me to say this because I don't have children right now at, at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. And I have not had children yet. <laughs> so, like, I, you know, I can't. I can't necessarily speak from that parent perspective, mm-hmm. but I just, I really genuinely feel that there are a lot of lines that get blurred and crossed and boundaries that get crossed or just not respected from the get-go because because what's actually, I mean, like, yes, of course it's coming from a good place and a caring place and a loving place, but you're also, at the same time, you're trying to control your child's body. Mm. And you're trying to control your child's behavior. And, well, and maybe in, so, in this specific instance with the, with the, like, man, like the mania things, it's like maybe instead of being like, well, don't pick your skin or don't pull your hair, it's being like, okay, well, what's causing it? Yeah, exactly. Is it ADHD? Is it OCD? Is it anxiety? Like, what is it? Right. And maybe have that conversation and instead of trying to fix, you know, it's a symptom of a bigger issue. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And, like, it also goes back to the whole, like, why, and I'm still learning this as a, an adult, it, huh, why <laughs> adverti- advocating for yourself, especially in the medical world, is so important because mm. this is, a, it took me forever to realize it's an actual thing because mm. 
No one talks about it. it no one talks about it, and it, you feel... It's not like having seizures where it's completely involuntary. Like, if somebody, like, bursts through my door with a gun and says, stop picking, I'll be like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Got her. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Bad time to take a drink of water. No. Pause for laughs. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I had, like, a, a, for the first time, a psychiatrist tell me, like, Kylie, don't. You're not just stop. The reason you're not stopping this compulsion isn't because you're lazy. She's like, this is voluntary behavior, like touching that table. This is involuntary behavior, like I don't know if you had a seizure just now. Compulsion is in the middle, mm. um, and it is in this weird realm where if you're in like, if you're really in the in the throes of a picking session, sometimes the only thing that will take you out of it is an external factor, like somebody knocking on the door because they're knocking not because they're trying to get you to stop right um and so your focus really needs to be towards when those feelings are starting to ramp up not in like the hail mary time of high you know stress when you're just you're out of it and it made me feel so much less guilty yeah because i was like oh i'm not this sad sack that just lacks willpower right um because i didn't see that there was any gray area between voluntary and involuntary totally um so i didn't let myself i i was gaslighting myself for years about being legitimate it was like well i can stop if somebody forces me to so it's uh, i'm just lazy and this is because we do not have enough education in primary schooling about mental health no yes because this is like i mean like now, of course, now that you know that information, you're like, oh my God, of course. Like, yeah. And it makes so much sense that compulsion is somewhere in the middle because if you have a compulsion or if you know, you've ever experienced compulsive behavior in yourself, you know that it's like, yes, technically you're doing it voluntary, voluntarily, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know what you're doing, but you, you can't not do it. Yeah. It's like your, your mind hyper like narrows in and like focuses and is like I can't continue with my tasks until I complete what I need to do and yeah and the thing about mania is there's no completion right no you just keep going until there's an, an external thing that gets you out of it well yeah. and it's a coping mechanism yeah you know like that's really what it is and it's and like for me too like whenever my mom would be like Sierra stop pulling out your hair stop pulling out your hair because she would do it all the time, then whenever I started pulling out my hair and she was in like the same vicinity as me, I would start getting anxious mm. because I knew she was gonna tell me not to and then I would do it like faster. Yeah, because then telling you not to is like worse. Oh my God, and it just, it's like, it, it makes the whole thing work. It's like you can't try to control somebody's compulsions, you can only try to help the symptoms. No, because exactly what they're gonna do is go into another room and I mean, complete yeah. it because you messed it up, you know? It's yeah. like somebody counting bills and they're like, hey, did you pick up? And you're like, I have to start all over. Yeah. yeah. You know. Well, I'm sorry. Not the symptom. You have to like treat the the actual source of the problem. You can't. Yeah. You can't treat the symptom. Thank yeah. you. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, totally. But like, honestly, thank you so much for shedding light on this because I do feel yeah. like so many more people have this. I mean, sure, like the picking stuff, too, but I think this also does come into play with food too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it comes in so many different things. It can binge eating. 
things like that, that's all compulsory too. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and so I just, I think that this is absolutely the space to talk about this. And I, I just think it's, and absolutely has to do with like body positivity. Yeah. It's your body. It's right. Your and you, in order, in order to, you know, like, work through that it's a part of yourself that you have to like have love and respect for yeah Yeah. like and in certain ways like it almost like if I was like in intimate situations another reason I really like it being dark is because my skin looks like it's all one color Mm. it looks like it's consistent it doesn't look like there's welts it doesn't look like there's infections or scars or be de boo de ba it's just it's like movie skin, whatever the hell that means, you know? Yeah. Which is so, I'm so glad you brought this up in the episode beforehand when you were like, you know what? Model skin, it's horrible. It's their bad. whole job it's bad. Is putting on cakes of belt, Ben Nye makeup. Right. Yeah. And then having it, you know, scraped off with this, you know, probably steel wool and then doing it the next day. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. I was just. You, you know their bodies are photoshopped. You know their makeup is photoshopped. You forget their skin is. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, right, 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 right. Okay, so skin isn't supposed to be this poreless, you know, paint swatch. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, true. It's this, like, thing. It's this organ that's literally helping you, you know? Yeah. So it's good to know. Yeah. Let's okay. do it. Yeah. What, what question do we have? We were on that one, but so this one, I mean, um, we'll just jump right into it, which is what is your bi- biggest body insecurity? Ooh, here's a shocker. My skin! That's what I was going to say, I feel like I yeah. know the answer. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm working on getting less insecure about it. More secure. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> just take out that double negative over there. Um, but yeah, just little steps, like, you know, uh... Like even like there's if there's a guy that I've been seeing that it's it's past the first or second date and I'm like okay, it is really okay for you this person to see you without makeup, mm. you know, because I'm okay with them seeing me like that if we've if we've like spent a few hours together. But sometimes the initial yeah. meeting of us, it's very 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 hard for me to not let at least have a foundation on because mm. I don't I don't like it. It makes it. It's so hard for me to not see that and mm. say, but ugly, mm. you know? And so it, but it's just little steps like that being like convincing my brain, like, Hey, if you go out in the world like this, nobody's going to say like, hang the hag, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. it's going to be fine. Well, and I think that it's such a great thing to bring up too, because it's, it's like much like any insecurity, it's just one part of you mm. and like more often than not, if the person is not shallow, they're going to look at you as a whole, not as like just your skin or just your nose or just your stomach or your arms or whatever you're insecure about. Like it's people don't see people as these like weird picked apart mm-hmm. Yeah, things I know no pun intended <laughs> but like uh, but I you know like and I actually I tell brides this all the time I was gonna say you I we've definitely you've definitely taught me when you trained me in my job when I was first hired <laughs> oh, well, um, that was the first one of the first things you told me that you mentioned in appointments yeah I'm I'm you know like whenever anybody's like oh I don't like the way I look in this dress or it's more often than not they're like I don't like this 
and for those of you who can't see me, it's the it's the like basically it's from the inner tube area, yeah, yeah, underneath your boobs to you know your pelvis, so your pupa, yeah. So like <laughs> that part of our bodies that we are taught to hate probably more than anything else, mm-hmm. um, no matter what it looks like, really. But I, you know, like women so often are like, oh, I don't like the way this looks, and it's oftentimes when they're in a fitted dress that maybe they haven't seen on themselves before, and. I always say, well, you know, you our eye is going to go to whatever we feel the most insecure about because we're conditioned to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want you to feel beautiful in whatever gown you end up in, but I also want you to know that you're the only person who's seeing that because mm-hmm. what I see when I take four steps back from you, which is like pretty much the distance that people are going to be from you at your wedding – I see this beautiful hourglass shape, which like, it doesn't really matter what your body looks like. If you're in a fit to flare dress, you're going to have an hourglass shape because that's the shape of the dress. Mm-hmm. How it's made. Yeah, exactly. It's like that's the, your body will, will conform to that no matter what the shape of it is, because that is like the structure of the garment. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and that always is, it doesn't convince them to buy the dress most often. But it usually but will help like, them like not be so down on. Well, or like feel like, or feel like I'm holding judgment on what they look like because they think that that I'm gonna think they don't look like they're quote unquote supposed to. Yeah, because I think that's such a big thing too, and that's what's so vulnerable about vulnerable about trying on clothes in front of people. Yeah, is that it's like, oh, well, this person is gonna think I look like a moron in this because I don't look how I'm quote unquote supposed to. You know what it makes me think of? It's like if I were to make a comparison, I feel like other person viewing bride is almost looking at them through like as you'd look at like a piece in a museum you're like oh wow what a beautiful piece then a bride looks at themselves with that guy who's fixing woody's shoe in toy story yes. and has, like, the 17 magnifying glasses yeah. like, yes that thread is undone and you're like what who how did you even see that yeah yeah oh you know, it's it's crazy and, and it's i mean so many people have this like hyper like focus like I mean I do in almost every photo I look at and I'll go straight to the things that I'm insecure about and it's only been really since we started this podcast that I'll I'll still go there Mm. but then I have to almost out loud say and it doesn't matter and it's or like this isn't the point Mm -hmm. is like I'm not going to post this because this is my idyllic self it's like I want to show wow I I did this thing that I'm so excited about and here my friends and I doing this thing and so I don't look the way that I want. I, I envisioned myself, but like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my my initial instinct in that, because I do the same yeah. thing, like my, my mind does go there for a split second and then I'm like, oh, this is great. Because now people yeah. are going to see parts of my body that I wouldn't normally show to them. And so I'm normalizing a part exactly. of a body that is like, quote unquote, not acceptable to show. Yeah. And like that, so that's been a really fun, exciting thing for me too, because it's like, challenging my own beliefs about not only my own body but other people's bodies yeah because like once again the more pictures you see of in the world of these unedited untouched pictures of people sharing blemishes sharing rolls sharing dimples sharing bellies whatever we're told that we should be hiding or editing out the more you see it the less it becomes shocking the next time you do 
I want to say, I forget her full name. I want to say it's Amy, but I saw this wonderful comedian in Los Angeles, and she says, her, her routine was, I love nothing more than existing in L.A. as a fat girl because everything I do is brave. <laughs> She's like, I go to the store, I'm brave. I'm at the beach, I'm brave. I'm on a date, I'm brave. She then, And sometimes I just, I get mentioned that way, and I'm like, ah, oh, uh, what? <laughs> She's like, cool. <laughs> like, it, the way she said it was so funny. Well, because it's so, it's that ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's I remember so stupid. The, the first time I posted a picture on my social media of me in my underwear <laughs> was... I got, like, the first comment on it was, like, oh, my goodness, I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was, like, and it was from someone I barely knew. So I was, like, I, I literally changed the caption and being, like, just a reminder, if you think this is brave, it's fatphobic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. Important. Just start talking. All the, like, all the skin and bones girls start commenting like that. Like, you have so much courage. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does it mean? I'm, like... That's weird. What does it mean? Well, because it, you, it doesn't say anything about anything okay. except for what that person believes about. Yeah. It's like, wow, so shocking for you as a as a like a like a small fat person to post pictures of you in your underwear. Like you I, wouldn't say that to, to a, a skinny girl. Yeah. No, you'd be like, wow, you look hot, and I did. So you can just say that. You can just say that. It doesn't have to be brave. You can just be hot because yeah. you are. Yeah crazy there's um actually a song uh if anyone's a big musical theater fan there's a song called brave sung by bonnie milligan love her um that was done for a musical theater songwriting contest and um it's literally about someone being like why the fuck is it why am i so brave like why Mm -hmm. just because Mm -hmm. i'm not skinny um so if you ever want to listen to that highly recommend and we'll move on to our next question yeah let's (laughs) I love that little plug. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some thoughts that you have surrounding sex and sexuality when it comes to body acceptance? Well, I'll give you some thoughts. <laughs> uh, so this brings me back to, Sierra knows exactly what I'm going to talk about. So I was, high school me, God lover, neurotic as ever. Um, she, you know, would, would just kind of wear what her mom bought her in terms of underwear, you know, whatever was the cheapest for the value. Costco in bulk. Get it. <laughs> um, but you know, sometimes the underwear would just be like ginormous, like granny panties, like you wouldn't believe parachutes could have been made out of them and donated <laughs> to children. Like it's just, I had, I did not wear things that fit me until I was 18 years old. I just didn't understand that I could. Um, and so... <laughs> Sierra was very sweet and kind of got like seven or eight girls together and crowdfunded nice, pretty underwear for me. And not even like, you could tell she wasn't doing it in like a, you're going to wear sexy stuff. It was literally just like so tasteful and so pretty and sexy. And I was like, I looked at it. I was so overwhelmed. (laughs) And I was like, this is nice. They go, yes. Like no one's gonna see it. I don't. I don't show the parts of myself to to the boys. <laughs> and uh, they went. We don't give a. We don't care. It's not for them. It's not about them. Get them out of your head. I'm like, but it couldn't. In my mind, I couldn't understand why I could wear nice things under my clothes that only I would see. It was almost like I was like, what's the point if mm-hmm. paying up for something that only I see? They're like, because you see it. You don't see it. You wear it. And then 
it changes you. It changes the way you carry yourself. It changes the type of things you think you deserve. And it was the first pair of underwear I think that I had that wasn't purchased for me by my mother. And so it was just really like intrinsic and like, yeah, this, I could have gotten eight of these bras for the price of one of them. But the, the cheaper is better thing to get out of my head was so hard because I'm thinking about what I could have gotten for that quantity. They're like, don't think about the money. Think about the value you're getting out of this piece. Yeah. And I was like, guys, I didn't know my boobs could actually do the thing it does in movies where like there's <laughs> like there's like there's there's this tiny space like it's called cleavage. Kind of. Like no, I didn't have it before. But it was just so fun and so liberating to realize oh i can like appreciate my own sexuality and it's not like a sin it's not yeah. like oh you're actually just doing it for boys eventually I'm like no just me like yeah well it's the same i have the same mentality about clothing as i do about food now mm. especially now <laughs> and actually even more now after the pandemic yeah or i would say mid-pandemic because it's still happening people get your <laughs> vaccines um but you know i i think that you should eat what makes you feel good and i think you should wear what makes you feel good mm. i i will say similarly um kylie is like i like always throughout most of my life like had underwear just purchased to me by my parents by my mom and like my friends would go to like victoria's secret and like go to the semi-annual sale and like buy a bunch of underwear and i was like i'm not allowed to go in there (laughs) (laughs) and um i don't even remember the first time i bought myself like cute underwear and i remember wearing it one time and being like i feel powerful i have a secret and no one knows because (laughs) i'm wearing a matching set under this t-shirt and i was like it is a crazy empowering thing to being like, I look good in clothes and out. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's just like the little things. Like, I, for Trading a while, yourself. I was getting like my nails done with the, you know, just like a French manicure and just, and I will say, yes, confidence should come from within, but sometimes it's just the little things. Like, yeah. I remember even when I was on some of these dating apps and people, I was racking my brain over some people that weren't being like communicative, and I was like, my nails look way too nice for me to be caring about this person. I say that to myself a lot. <laughs> I will not lie. I'm like, I am way too cute for someone not to be excited to talk to me. Yeah. So like, <laughs> That's a great mentality to have. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I was like, well, you know, because you start getting into these weird head spaces of, oh, it's something I did. It's not. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no. It's, uh, you can't see readers, readers, listeners. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm doing the thing where I put my nails at arm's distance and I go, hey, these are nice looking hands. <laughs> I should treat these hands very well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I, I think that taking pride in your appearance is the epitome of body positivity. Mm-hmm. Like, I think. I think that's where it all starts, too. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I think that, like, yes. Sure, you can say confidence comes from within, but why can't it also come from an external place? Like, yeah. I think that that part of loving your body is decorating it in ways that make you feel like fucking hot as hell. Yeah, it's some. It's part of the reason why, like, I get tattoos is because yeah. like, I love like it makes me feel like a little bit of a badass as this five foot tall, like little cherub of a gal. I'm like, but I also have six tattoos, and I'm getting more. Like, I love that I have this, like, detailed of, of me, and it makes me feel like 
yeah, I'm cute and a badass. Yeah. Mm. Like, I don't know. There's a, there's just little things about, like, your external appearance. Like, I think part of my, I've said this before, my part of my body positivity journey came when I moved to New York, and I felt this pressure to, like, look good every day because mm. I was walking to school throughout Midtown of, of New York City. Mm-hmm. And so I, every day I woke up and I would put an outfit together because in high school, Midwestern culture, you wear leggings and a boot and like a sweatshirt. My hometown fondly called the nudies, a no, a no hood hoodie. Oh, yes. And a scarf. And it was like, that was... I also think that was like the the time that we were in high school, a and also kind of like a suburb thing. Yeah, yeah I that was, was our did, high school. Did too. you guys have Han Solo season? Han Solo season was real. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then like then I moved to the city and I felt like all of a sudden my expectations were higher. Yeah. So I put effort into my appearance every day, and I mean it took some time, but after a couple of years, I was like, you know what? I don't dislike how I look anymore because mm-hmm. I feel like I put in the effort to look good and whether it was like a combination of my mental internal changes and externally like finally learning how I like to dress what makes me feel good in certain clothing Mm -hmm. what colors I like to wear Mm -hmm. shocking Sierra had been telling me for years to wear (laughs) yellow and I was like I don't like yellow I don't like the color and then I put yellow on and I feel like a fucking sunshine yeah I'm like I am at my final form yeah you are a sun goddess in yellow and (laughs) I I have been telling you this forever yes and it was crazy (laughs) yellow yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, so I, I mean, I, uh, you just, I don't want to say, I will say it, blondes, huh, you're, you look amazing in yellow. It's true. Thank I can you. do like a, I can do like the barfy Hufflepuff. That's the type of yellow. I can do. <laughs> it's yeah. called mustard. <laughs> <laughs> you pronounce it differently. <laughs> I think this is just the most beautiful point in our evening. You wanted to say segue, didn't you? <laughs> I, I have to now come up with a new way to say That's this. That's a nice segue. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, uh, what are three things that you love about your body? Ooh. Uh, <clears throat> I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you can't say your clavicles three times. Like, Damn it. <laughs> you can say them one you can time. Say once. Okay, I like my clavicles. Great Um, I just, I think they look regal, and you know, I just, I feel like I'm in um, Downton Abbey when they're showing off, and I like that. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I have other things that I enjoy about me, and I'm gonna <laughs> tell them to you. <laughs> Um, I like how my, my eyes can do this little fun thing if I'm in certain environments. Like, I was in Central Park the other day, and they were, like, super green, and Mm. I didn't know they could do that. I thought they were just kind of, like, a little, really low, like, an introvert hazel. Like, they're (laughs) hazel, but they're not, like, you know, they don't really pop out, you know? They're a subtle hazel. Yeah, they're just, like... hazel, I like it. Yeah, Yeah. it's, like, get to know me if you will. And then, ha, ha. Something I also really appreciate about uh, my body is the strength it has. I have grown to appreciate it a lot, especially I worked at a Trader Joe's for a little while and nothing, I don't know what this is about me, nothing makes me more powerful than a guy beginning to offer to help to have me carry something. Like, no, I got it. <laughs> and like lifting it and they're like, oh, you know. 
But, like, something about it to me is just so... Because women have such incredible strength in their lower body. Mm -hmm. And they can have it on, on top. But there's just this... It's so powerful to be like, yeah, if I position this thing right, I have this, like, monster amount of strength. Yeah. Because I am built to carry two humans, Mm -hmm. you know, from down here. So it's like there's all this extra power that I just find so awesome. And it's just something that I really appreciate that, like, my body can do. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like such a powerful person when I'm like I got it (laughs) yeah don't worry no sir I'm just fine yeah yeah unless I'm putting my suitcase under the top thing of an airplane then I'm like abandoned feminism well then I'm like hey (laughs) (laughs) let's cure up arm strength and I'm still working on it yeah fun boy fun boy (laughs) no it's it's also really fun for flirting because especially when I ask somebody to pick something up that I have no trouble lifting up and like didn't I see you lift this fine the other day? I'm like, no, no. You, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. know what you're talking about. This I'm a little da- like little daffodil. Could, oh. could be me. Dainty little daffodil. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, Miss Kylie, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. For being on our little show. Our little show. Our little show is a big ass show. Oh, my Lord. Oh, thanks. I had a blast and a half. It oh, good. such a joy. Yay. Thank you. And thank you guys for all of you out there who are listening and continue to listen. We're just super grateful and we're really grateful for all the feedback. So keep it coming. And remember that all shades of gray are beautiful. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.